Hello, hello, nerds. Welcome back to another episode of Video Nerds. I'm the man nerd, and I'm here with Steven Shred. That's me. That is you. <laughs> Always you. Today, we are doing some more anime because all this anime that we've been watching is coming to a close, man. Like these seasons are done, and now we got to talk about them. Yep. It, uh, it, it seems like a shift in these like uh, last few years. Because uh, you look at a lot of anime from, like, earlier, like, 2000s up until, like, maybe, like, 2015s, 16s. You have a lot of these shows going on, like, 24-episode seasons or even longer seasons where they cover an entire arc in, like, 40 episodes. A lot of these shows are going for, like, a lot shorter things, and they're going for the seasonal runs. So, uh, yeah, expect a lot of anime on the show. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of like they're following suit with just general shows because it used to be like, you know, 20-something-plus episodes per season. They had to break it into like two parts or three parts, but now it's like eight episodes for one season or ten max, and it's like that just seems short to me. Yeah, it, it definitely does, but I, I think they're just following suit with the way things are done now. And then I also think that it has yeah. something to do with the animation studios being just ridiculously overworked and uh, they got to go for the shorter seasons. Cause they're probably like, all right, well we got five shows that we need to uh, do animation for. So the most we could do is this in this amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right on that one. Now this anime is called Oshinoko. Where did you first see this first hear about it? Because I heard about it from you. Uh, I first heard about it around the time that it was going to come out. I remembered seeing a trailer and a quick little synopsis on what the show was about, but I didn't actually check it out until we were, or until it was already like four episodes in. And that was just because I had been like teetering on the idea of uh, checking out High Dive and then you ended up getting it. So I was like, okay, well now I got no excuse. <laughs> yep. Now we got to do it. Yeah, that is the only thing with this show, that it is exclusive to High Dive, which I know a lot of anime watchers, such as myself, stick to just, you know, Hulu and Crunchyroll. So we'll preface that if you want to check this out, it's only on High Dive, for now at least, but uh, pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, pretty solid. This actually wouldn't be a show that I would just jump into. But with your recommendation, jumped in that first episode, and wow. Yeah, it was uh, completely different than it looked like it was going to be. I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> I didn't see a trailer, and then I was like, oh, this is going to be a cutesy, weird thing about idols and the fans, and okay. <laughs> and it kind of is that, but it's also more deep than that. Yep. Why don't you give a no spoilers movie review on this season? 
So pretty much uh, we follow initially the uh, doctor, Mr. Uh, I, I don't know how to say his name. I think it's like Gorau or Goru, something like that. Goru, I think, yeah. Yeah, who's a, he, he's a, uh, I believe he's a gynecologist, they say, but he also is just, you know, chilling in his hospital, doing his thing. He is a big fan of idols, which his favorite one being I from, uh, I also don't know how to say the group. <laughs> Bikomachi. Bikomachi, there you go. So she is like the uh, lead idol, the front woman of it. And uh, that is his favorite idol, which comes from uh, Serena or Serena, uh, one of the patients of the hospital who he was becoming friends with and she ended up passing away. So in her memory, he kind of uh, became a huge idol fan. Um, so I ends up uh, coming to the hospital because she has a secret pregnancy and uh, he gets to have his one-on-one -on -one time. So he gets to see kind of both sides of it. The idol that he was a huge fan of and then all of the other dealings in uh, talking to her. So. It shows us both sides, and that's really what the show is about. The glamorous side that we get to see on one side of the screen, and the other side that we don't get to hear about, especially in the idol world, because idols are seen as these, like, perfect people, which the show talks about a lot. They're supposed to be perfect people, no drama, no nothing surrounding them. They have to be these, like, pristine... Uh, you know, put on a pedestal people. So that's the general idea of the show without getting into the spoilers. A little bit of supernatural twist to the show, but uh, we'll get into that after the uh, warning hits. Yeah, we'll get to that later. That's what threw me off on this show. <laughs> getting into it, you're seeing like the fan side right off the bat, and then you get a little bit of the real side of I when she's hiding out. Uh, pregnant, going to give birth to twins, and you get to kind of see that, that her philosophy that she gained from her manager about how lying about who she is is actually loving people, which is weird, but she makes it sound great, so I'm all into it at that point. Yeah, it's the idea that she's giving her best self because she pretends that she is what these people see. All right, so let's get into... Um, Let's do the rating. Let's do the rating <laughs> first. So this season, it for me, it started out with a bang, man. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, that first episode was like a freaking movie. So much happened. And then it kind of slowed down, but it also gave you, like you were talking about, you get to see both sides. You get to see the glamorous side from a fan's perspective, but you also get to see the nitty-gritty. But it's not just in the idol world. You get to see it in... Uh, acting in reality tv there's all these little things they're throwing in there that are keep me going very interesting the characters are pretty good pretty deep i start to feel for most characters in this series and oh man just the flow of it was pretty good except the main overarching theme the main story which we'll get into later that was kind of lacking after the first episode. Yeah. Definitely slowed down there. But for me, I'm going to give this bad boy a uh, D12. 
I think I'm going to be giving it the same. I do feel like I'm going to go back to it, but at the same time, uh, it, it was lacking on the overarching story, like you said, and I feel like I'm not going to rewatch this until season two starts getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. And then once we add season two into this, I think I'm just going to think of it not as seasons, just as one main story. Once they start getting into it a little bit more. Yeah. And it might change my view on the the series. Definitely. You know what time it is. Let's do it. Let's do it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. So you get into this story. First episode, this super fan who's a doctor who gets to take care of his favorite idol and be there for the birth of her children. And there's this awkwardness because he's an older man and she's actually 16 and that's why she's hiding her pregnancy so there's that going on the entire series but there is a little bit of a foreshadowing i guess people talk about oh what would it be like if you were born a idol's kid or "Ooh, i would love to be reincarnated as an idol's kid and that is what happens the doctor right before she's given birth he finds kind of a stalker and the stalker push him pushes him off of a cliff and he ends up being reincarnated as one of i's kids why don't you uh talk about the second part of that twist yeah so uh the doctor that we mentioned before he is uh you know he's he's murdered he becomes i's son aqua now he has this inner monologue as he goes through it you know because he uh, he has the mindset of an adult still so everything carried over but then he notices that his sister ruby is also a a reincarnated adult or reincarnated person uh it turns out that ruby is actually the reincarnated uh serena or serena the uh, patient that um, initially got him into idols so she had spoken about the idea of, you know, what would it be like to be an idol's kid? What would it be like to be a famous person's kid, be born and uh, into like a family like that? So they don't know their true identities. So Aqua and Ruby only know each other as Aqua and Ruby. And as we continue through, uh, <laughs> so Ichigo, he is... I's manager. He's the one that uh, runs Strawberry Productions, which is the company that she's under. And he's the one that's kind of organizing this whole like secret pregnancy thing. And uh, his wife, Miyako, I believe, is how you say her name? Yeah, Miyako. So she figures out, you know, if I leak this to the press, because she takes a picture of I with Aqua and Ruby, that uh, she can make a lot of money. So Aqua and Ruby take this into account so they decide that they're going to stand up and start talking to her and claim that they are deities speaking through the babies and that it because yeah, they are babies that can speak normally which is <laughs> so weird yep <laughs> which is how aqua finds out that ruby's also reincarnated because he find he overhears her talking so uh they tell her that she has been chosen to watch over these babies and to watch over i and protect them so uh she becomes very invested in taking care of them basically this 
takes place like halfway through you get the reincarnation of this first episode which is basically a movie and then after that it is all about the kids growing up as super tiny and I getting back into her idol life and expanding on that she actually starts to get different gigs she's on radio shows she's doing modeling she is getting into acting and this is where we kind of join together the idol scene with the whole entertainment scene and they get into acting and that is where aqua finds this director that kind of gives I a shot on this teen drama and the director sees something in him sees a little kid but with the mind of an adult basically and how he carries himself and everybody makes a little comments about that and he he just sees potential in him so in order to get him to act he says you know what I'll give uh, I'll give I some jobs if you act in this movie too so he kind of gets in there and he's really good only because he can anticipate what everybody needs from him because of his adult mind and just the way he he is as a kid is not the way a usual kid is it's more adult more sophisticated so they thought he was a genius but he's just a grown-ass man stuck <laughs> in a little kid's body <laughs> yep. now from here you get to see the evolution of I having a family like she always wanted, but also keeping her career, which is very looked down upon in that industry because they want them to be perfect, but they also want them to lie. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. And you get a little bit of hints here and there about the father. You never know who it is, but right towards the end of the episode, the father, she's trying to get the father to meet the kids and tells him where the apartment is and that is when tragedy strikes she gets a knock at the door it, it's kind of it kind of gives you the uh, impression that we're going to be meeting the father uh she opens the door and she gets stabbed and it shows the stalker the same one who pushed the doctor off the cliff has now found where she lives he stabs her then uh runs away and she dies with uh, Aqua there and uh, Ruby in the other room. So from that moment, Aqua puts two and two together and figures out that she had only just told the father where she lived. And then just so happens the stalker shows up and kills her. So the show takes a turn and sets up the overarching plot that Aqua wants to get revenge on the father because he's the only one that could have leaked the information to the stalker on where she lived but then we also have these other ideas of maybe it's just someone in the entertainment industry as a whole so aqua wants to get into the entertainment industry so that he could find the killer and get his revenge very very dark ending to what felt like a pretty wholesome cutesy kind of moment of the show because uh you know, we already got a little murder, and we got a uh, you know tragic passing of uh, someone very young. But then it just goes full dark. Yeah, yeah, it does full dark, and from there, that's when you get the rest of the season. Yeah, they are teenagers and they're going to school, and Aqua's trying to 
get deeper into this mystery, trying to find out what really happened, why it happened, all this, get more information about his mom. They don't tell anybody that I was their mom. I wonder what is the mindset of that? Is it to protect that company? It's probably to protect the strawberry... Strawberry production? I would think it's just it because they it was still never revealed that she had children. And she always went by I, so it's kind of funny because they go by her uh, last name, uh, Hoshino. Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then there, there was also like a big pivotal moment in the in the first episode quote unquote because it's more of a movie it's like an hour and a half long uh i talks about how she never has told the babies that she loves them because she doesn't know what that truly feels like because of uh you know always wearing the mask and always lying and while she's dying she finally tells the kids that she loves them very very sad but yeah yeah (laughs) so aqua's whole idea is He's going to use certain people to get further into the entertainment industry, and he's going to start figuring out where the threads are that he needs to pull on to get the answers that he needs. And Ruby wants to take after her mother and become an idol. So they both want to uh, pay homage to Ai's memory in their own ways. And uh, we also get to when they're teenagers... He even talks about it to where his mind is now meeting where his body is. So it stops being like weird <laughs> because now the yeah. inner monologue <laughs> sounds exactly the same as they do for both of them. So it's, uh, it, it evens out. Uh, we get Aqua reconnecting with somebody from the movie that he did as a kid, which is uh, Kana Arima. She uh, was a child actress who, as she got older, stopped getting roles. So it shows a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the darker, more thrown aside side of um, child acting, which we've seen quite a few times, but it definitely plays into the overarching idea of um, the entertainment industry just uses you for what they need and anything else just doesn't matter you as a person don't matter as much as the thing that they need you for so we we see that in a few different places and uh overall though from the first episode and from a few moments because aqua continuously takes jobs because first it's um he needs to get in with this director because this the director from the movie he did as a kid the same one that uh, i was with he's like maybe this is our father maybe uh he knows something so he takes a dna test no go and um starts working for him because he then starts questioning him he says uh, you know i'm a big fan of i you worked with her uh would you be able to tell me something about her and he's like sure if you take jobs for me so that becomes the thing aqua starts taking jobs even though he doesn't really want to do this stuff he takes a job in a show, which he's a, he's a murderer in, and uh, which is where he reconnects with Kana. Then he goes on the dating show, which the dating show is where we get most of this season and most of the characters that we're going to be dealing with. And uh, that gets very, very dark. Yeah, that gets dark with a 
uh, Kane, Akana. who is a what was Akana. that? Akana. <laughs> oh, not a Kane. <laughs> Why was I saying a Kane? Anyway, Akana. Because we read in English. <laughs> so we get Akana, who is a very talented actress, a stage performer, but on reality TV, she's just awkward. She doesn't know what to do. She's trying to, you know, keep the job for her uh, for her agency and things just aren't happening. She's afraid she's going to get kicked out. And the whole premise is for two teens to fall in love and become, you know, become a couple. So she tries to do something to get attention and ends up causing a big scene. She scratches one of her co-star's face and she's a model and it turns into this big thing she gets hate from all the fans and just gets trolled constantly and that starts to affect her greatly and that turns into depression a almost suicide which man when aqua showed up and saved her from jumping off that bridge i was so happy i was getting all all weird about it and i was like oh my god thank god thank you thank you how how relieved were you when that happened uh i i mean it's pretty relieved it uh yeah you know it, it hit me in my feels a lot especially with uh you know some of the things that we were dealing with at the time yeah so uh yeah it uh it, it definitely uh, it definitely went the way that i preferred I, I was like, oh no, is this going to turn into like, now the show is going to shift into a way where now we're going to be going over this kind of stuff, which I, I liked this way a lot more. Because then it started to get into lighter notes uh, from there. She, so her big problem was that she was playing herself. She was not using a, uh, she wasn't playing a character in the reality show, so she took it very personal when people didn't like her. So they give her advice to kind of play up a character. So the character she decides to play up would be the perfect match for Aqua, which they deduce would be I, which is kind of weird, not going to lie, because it's like, sure, yeah. him as the doctor was like crushing on I, but as her son... <laughs> Yeah. weird she's also his mom yeah but, very very weird but at the same time <laughs> i was also kind of thinking of it like maybe it's not supposed to be taken that way maybe it's like a thing of like he's seeing his mom again i don't know anyways so akana being the extremely talented actress that she is is able to completely emulate i to the point where i has a very signature uh look she has like stars in her eyes which Aqua and Ruby both have stars in one eye, and they show Akana with stars in her eyes, which is the perfect representation of I. So she ends up winning over Aqua for the show. She wins the fans back. They they go on this uh, little project where the show is produced in a way as as it is in real life. They're produced in a way to hype up drama and hype up moments and make them seem worse than they are so the uh, the kids on the show put together the actual cut of what happened which it had akana scratching uh, yuki's face which yuki is a model so it's supposed to be a very big deal what they don't show is after them hugging 
and uh, apol being apologetic to each other on how everything was going. And Yuki being totally okay with it. Yeah, she's like, it's fine. We just edited it out uh, in the modeling shoot. It's not a big deal. Like, it's fine. So it, it was a big turnaround moment. So it's like, and it, it got me in my feels. Because like I said, you know, both me and Mandrew were dealing with some stuff at the time. Yeah. So to see the good end of that felt like something yeah. I needed to see. And I'm even tearing up right now thinking about it. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a good moment. Yeah. So from there, um, the show is a hit. Aqua is a big highlight of the show. So then the director starts giving him his uh, the information he needs. Turns out he doesn't have the information that he's really looking for. But he does tell him the director of the stage play that it just so happens that Akana comes from is where I got a lot of the information that she needed to really become the idol that she became. She worked for the stage play. She uh, honed it in and the director believes that's where she fell in love. So we get a hint at maybe somebody that worked there or somebody in the higher ups is where the father is. So it just so happens that a manga is being turned into a stage play and the director of the manga stage play meets with the director of the show that Aqua was on. They get to talking. He says, I need stars. Aqua's name comes up. So it becomes the perfect setup. So that, I believe, is going to be a big part of it for next season. Aqua trying yep. to get his answers out and uh, seeing how that unfolds. There's some other things that we don't really, <laughs> we didn't really touch up on. Like uh, one of the dating show contestants, uh, Memcho, is like a YouTuber. Yeah, Memcho. Uh, she wants to become an idol. Ruby is restarting eyes uh idol group uh b kamachi because strawberry production still owns the rights to the name so ruby together with kana the uh childhood actress who is now trying to revamp her career them two are starting it memcho always had the dream to become an idol but became a youtuber instead uh she joins it so now b kamachi is a thing again Aqua is secretly kind of dealing in the background, it seems, making things happen and kind of pointing people in the direction they need to be in. So I kind of get the feeling that Aqua's got a little bit of a uh, dark side of pointing things. He also seems very manipulative to Akana, who, like I said before, is making herself Aqua's dream woman for the show. She takes it a little more personal like uh she feels that they have a real connection and wants to follow up aqua definitely doesn't feel that and then kana has a crush on aqua so she becomes bitter towards it because of what happens on the show but he says that he can use akana so i feel like we're gonna get some real darkness out of him and aqua's using kana too he's totally manipulating her as well yeah so there's a whole lot of manipulation going on. I, I'm getting a little bit of a uh, light Yagami vibe out of him, which I don't think you watched Death Note yet. <laughs> uh, no, not all of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the gist of it without spoilers, light Yagami, very smart, knows what he wants, knows 
that what he's doing is for the uh, greater good, but is willing to do some very dark and heinous things to get it. So he becomes the thing that he didn't want, but completely through, this is for the greater good. I need to do this. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of getting those vibes from Aqua. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can't wait till the next season. This one was pretty short, but uh, I enjoyed it. It did slow down quite a bit, but it kept me going with all the characters, character development. The overarching story wasn't really there, but just seeing everything else, every little story here, like the reality show, and then Aqua just being part of everybody else's life, I liked it. And the, uh, the idol group starting to grow, and then in the last episode have their first concert, and ruby has that stage presence like i did so you kind of get a little bit of that there too yeah i'm wondering if that will kind of start bringing the father out as well the idea that uh i's idol group is back at it and i'm sure he's aware of who the kids are yeah and that makes me wonder there was in the last episode there was that that guy that was with a, a couple gentlemen and he had the do-rag on his head mm. And they're like, oh, we'll go check them out. And he talked about seeing Bikamachi before. And then he was just totally enamored by Ruby. But going back to the first episode, he was in the audience when Ruby and Aqua were, were little in the strollers watching their mom. And they were doing the uh, the dance with the glow sticks. <laughs> the one that Aqua he was recre there. recreates at their performance. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So you're thinking he plays a bigger part or you think he is just playing the idea of the constant fan of idols? I think he might be the dad. Hmm. Interesting. Because the two two guys called him boss. So obviously he's the boss of something. But I'm thinking he's like a boss in that acting group, in that theater company. Could be. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I thought he was like trying to play the perspective of like just the the idol fan which i feel like we don't really get as much right now like we got the idol fan perspective in the first episode and then after that it's almost all show business people yeah and even ruby and aqua kind of they they're still very big fans but they were only fans to i yeah like they don't act fangirly at all for anything really <laughs> it is very much like well, Ruby kind of does, but Aqua is very much all business now. Yep. Yeah. Kind of a uh, stick in the mud. <laughs> so let's, uh, let, let's, now that we've covered anything, let's move on to who was your favorite character? Favorite character. You know, I've gone over this in my head so many times, <laughs> and it's Memcho. Hmm. I think she's very genuine, even though she's a YouTuber and very weird. <laughs> I like her. I like her a lot. <laughs> I think my favorite is, uh, I think it's Ruby. She just seems very excitable about everything, and she's, like, doing something because she wants to and because she loves it, knowing especially that the past her was a huge Idol fan who uh, was a, but was a cancer patient. She always had the dream to be an Idol, but she couldn't, and now she gets to live that. And she takes full advantage. Yeah, and she's yeah. just super excited about it, doing all this stuff. And uh, every interaction she has seems like 
it's like a little on the goofy side but she's also like getting stuff done so i i really liked that aqua was just yeah super manipulative every time he did something nice i was just like okay what did he do that for though <laughs> yeah you're like oh you know he's he's a good guy but why did he really do that yeah hmm. and then everybody else is just kind of like uh you know kana has the uh I, I don't know how to pronounce it Sunde or something like that which i just recently found out what that is apparently it's a really mean female character who as things progress she gets nice <laughs> she's just a classic character yeah. of like the mean girl who develops feelings and then like gets nicer as things go on and then becomes more genuine and then you find out why they're mean like uh, and then akina I, I feel like there's like a little weirdness like she might become a stalker or something at some point just because she it seems like her personality is somewhat getting warped with these ideas of playing characters in your day-to-day -day life yeah and completely abandoning who she really is yeah, yeah. so i don't know I, f I feel like every character is gonna have their weirdness maybe ruby might develop that too but she seems like a very like genuine character who's just like doing what she wants to do finally and she's excited about it yeah i think she's gonna be more airheaded like i was <laughs> <laughs> definitely possible all right well th that was a good series i fully recommend it i'm sure you do too yeah definitely uh if you're willing to cope through the dark moments to get to the good stuff definitely recommend it this isn't like uh you know uh, there, there's some really rough anime out there you know there's stuff like goblin slayer and berserk where it's rough and it gets rougher this has its rough moments but overall pretty feel-good show and uh really gets you thinking on what's really happening and i really like that all right so we're gonna leave it at that and catch the next series next time which is which just ended today so that's gonna be fun Hell yeah i still gotta watch it <laughs> all right well we'll catch you later see you everyone I'm not a man, 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 I'